about you, but because of our um, segments we've been doing with the Knife Media, I, I think about this more than I even did before when I uh, see headlines and that sort of stuff. Um, for instance, I was thinking about uh, this last Friday when the news broke that the economy grew by 2.3%, and in the New York Times, they said the economy puttered along at 2.3%. They didn't just say <laughs> grow at 2.3% and let you decide whether or not you think that's good or bad or whatever. Sure. Puttering along. Right. Uh, well, I tell you what, let's uh, launch into that discussion with Jens Eric Gould, the editor-in-chief and co-developer of The Knife Media. Jens, it's good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm well. It seems like we're achieving our mission here. Yeah, exactly. Well, so and we've discussed the fact that neither you nor we are anti-colorful writing. It can make stuff more fun to read. Just the reader ought to be aware of the way they're being manipulated, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Like, I don't mind the word puttered, and it's kind of descriptive, but that does hint at something, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. I mean, the, the, no, that kind of language is fine. The, the issue is to mark it as opinion if it's going to be opinion and to keep the news news. No, that was the, that was the breaking news. This just came out, how the economy grew from the New York Times. It was a news story, and they said puttered to, to, to make you think, oh, it was bad if you don't know much about economics. In spite of the fact that at an annualized rate, that's far superior to the last several years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's all, it's, you have to put it in context, especially... Um, if you looked at right after the, the recession, that would have been you know a great growth rate. And, and so the, the adjectives tells you a lot about how you're supposed to take in the information. And to make it clear, if you've never heard this before, both sides do it. Conservative, liberal news outlets, It's a, this is a nonpartisan sort of thing here. Yeah, and in fact, I've carefully selected a couple of different topics which will uh, warrant a kicking of both sides. Uh, but let's start with what I thought was an absolutely terrific piece on your website, Jens, theknifemedia.com, about the media mocking of Kanye West. Do you want to launch into that a little bit? Sure. So uh, I'm sure most people are aware of some of the comments that, that Kanye has made recently. Uh, first, he came out in support of, of Trump. And then more recently this week, he made comments about slavery. Now, we focused on the slavery ones. And, and look, if you, first of all, the comments, uh, if you take them on face value, are inaccurate. Obviously, slavery was not a choice uh, for African-Americans. Few people would choose to be a slave. Yeah, in fact, that runs <laughs> counter to the de- very definition of the word. But anyway... <laughs> Yes, exactly. And, and of course, you know, it can be viewed as insensitive. But though that inaccuracy can be discussed and pointed out without mockery and without sensationalism. But the media opted more for those. And importantly, they also cherry-picked and misrepresented what he said. So if you look at the original comment, he made that comment first. And then he talked about how he thought people were mentally enslaved. And so if you take that into consideration, into consideration, it seemed like he was making a comment about it being a choice to be mentally enslaved, whatever that means for him. But that was left out of most of the articles. So what we did is we looked at, okay, how did they use spin and slant and, and faulty logic and implication to misrepresent what he said and ultimately mock him and, and at the end of the day and be sarcastic? Well, right, and, you know, it's it's obvious, and we talk about this a lot on the show, that mock outrage is now the coin of the realm, and it's everywhere all the time, and you cannot generate nearly as much mock outrage uh, over what Kanye said if you include the original statement and his explanation of what he meant shortly thereafter, which was readily available when all these headlines were flying around. So, you know, 
promoting outrage is, is the thing. Well, critical thought and civil discourse don't usually go with mock outrage. So as news consumers, we want to make a decision. Which one do we want? Yeah, agreed. So, uh, again, I encourage folks to um, to read the analysis of it because it's very, very good. And I, I, we need to tr- close all the journalism schools in America and just let you teach would-be journalists, Jens, if you're willing to take on that challenge. Do you know, do they talk about, do they talk about this much in journalism school? Well, honestly, I, I didn't. I didn't. I was an English major. I didn't go to journalism school, but I did. My journalism school was. You know, we're, losing the we're, losing you. we're losing you. Did you just stick your head in a toilet? Because that's what it sounded. Stop like. it! Yeah, stop doing <laughs> that. If back? that's what you're doing, you're back. Am I back? You're back. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's strange. Uh, what I was saying was, my journalism school was working in different newsrooms, and no, this isn't taught, and it's definitely not taught in this way. I mean, there's a, there's a certain understanding of bias, but I think there's a lot of lack of awareness of, of how bias is created. I don't know if we've asked you this before. Do you think most people do it on purpose, like knowingly, or do you just have a bias and so it's, it slides in? I think it's a mix, but I can tell you from my personal experience, most of it was not on purpose. Really? That's certain... interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think some people think, oh, the media, you know, they're trying to mislead us. And, you know, in some cases, probably. But I think in most cases, most journalists are very hardworking, very intelligent. And they, they're trying to do their job and they're trying to do it well. But they're not taught the tools to really understand what spin is, understand how their own, you know, limiting beliefs or biases can get in the way. And there's not a focus on that. Instead, there's a focus on getting clicks. So what do you do? You don't pay attention to that much, and this is the end result. So if you, sure. so yeah. if you hate Trump personally, and you're doing story about a story about something he just said, you might write Trump claimed, which sounds It's a loaded word. It's yeah. a loaded word. Yeah. You, you might say Trump claimed perfectly honestly, just because your, your own bias is you think he's lying. Yeah, exactly. And you might not be aware of that, and your editor may not either. Or maybe your editor is, and it's fine with it, and lets it go. I mean, I think probably both things happen. But um, really, at the end of the day, the, the issue is there aren't rigorous standards to be able to detect these things. And and you can become a you know famous journalist by being an entertaining writer, not by having objective standards. And I think that's the problem. You well, hear the word claim all the time. It probably should be stricken from journalism. You, there'd be, I can't think of a situation where that would ever make sense. It's, a, it's almost a thought police word. Wow, that's strong. Very strong. Uh, Jens, would you like to respond to that uh, highly prejudicial uh, screed like by to, Mr. Armstrong? Would you like to stick your head back in the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> Jens Eric Gold is online, editor-in-chief, co-developer of The Knife Media. Uh, you guys uh, did a lot of covering of the uh, Mueller questions uh, for Trump, l- quote-unquote, leak in that coverage. What did you think all that? Yeah, so you mentioned how we, we analyzed both, you know, liberal-leaning and conservative-leaning outlets. Consistently throughout this whole Mueller investigation, there's been a, a, you know, a consistent bias across the board in most of the stories we look at, and that is, Liberal-leaning outlets have uh, a narrative with these stories that Trump is guilty or he's hiding something or in some way we should suspect him of wrongdoing. And that was that was in this story as well. And on the other side, conservative-leaning outlets have a pretty consistent narrative that the, the Mueller investigation is illegitimate in some way or invalid in some way. But both of those are jumping to conclusions, and both of those weren't supported with a lot of data and it wasn't and they weren't balanced either it's not like one outlet looked at both of those sides and and equally weighed them it was more pushing you to one side or the other yeah here's an example from the new york times in one of the more tantalizing inquiries i didn't find it that tantalizing i was not tantalized (laughs) 
<laughs> well, it, maybe maybe you should look at it again, and you might feel more tantalizing. <laughs> maybe I was just full. Let's see. So, uh, bu- 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 so the Washington Post got fifty-two percent total integrity on this story. Is that what we're talking about? I, I'm, is that chart the same chart? I can't tell. Yeah, if it, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the Wapo fifty-two percent total integrity. Um, Fox News, 44% total integrity. Oh, I, I missed the BBC, which was about tied with the WAPO. Um, and interestingly, the New York Times was about tied with Fox at 42% total integrity. So, you know, both of those fine outlets were, were fairly skewed. What, if you, what's, what number do you think Jens is, is paying them a compliment? Uh, your total integrity rating, which is part of the website if you're not familiar with it. Yeah, if they get above seventy, it's 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 pretty good, and if they get eighty, it's 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 great. Um, they rarely ever get ninety. I mean, ninety would be like a scientific study or something yeah. that's very very uh, objective. But um, and and we see that we see we see stories in the seventies and eighties, but it, political coverage tends to not be. The sure, Jen's claimed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I admitted. Jen's claimed yes, repeatedly. He, he admitted. That's uh, a good one. That's one of my favorites. Uh, so I notice here that the uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, President Moon, the Un Moon meeting, as I'm calling it, uh, you're comparing the U.S. and Korea media coverage. The Korea Times got 82% total integrity. Korea Herald, 70. Meanwhile, the WAPO was 62, which is decent. And the AP, 35% total integrity. What did, what did they say? Yeah, so we, we, we looked at the coverage that was leading up to the meeting, and we said, hmm, it seems like the U.S. media outlets are more subjective. They seem more distorted. And so we compared U.S. media outlets to South Korean outlets and, of course, the English language South Korean outlets. And uh, lo and behold, that was true. And it was interesting that the U.S. outlets had more spin. They, had, they were more slanted. And they were also much more skeptical about the meeting. So they, they had a, a pretty strong bias, and AP particularly, that the meeting wasn't going to lead to progress, which now you look at it and you, I mean, it depends how you define progress, but it seems like there was progress. So Well, there's clearly progress. So it doesn't mean there's going to be success. So the people most critically interested in the story, by far, were far less snide about it. Now, that's a prejudicial word there, but which, you know, it, it doesn't take a political scientist to figure out that's because, you know, the AP, which leans left and all, does not want to give Trump any credit unless it's dragged out of them. But uh, that's, those are my words, not those of Jen Zarek Gould, editor in chief of co developer of the Knife Media. A- anything else that you especially wanted to talk about before we uh, boot you out, Jens? Uh, well, we could talk about this uh, piece we did on the White House Correspondent Center. Because, oh, right. W- yeah, so they gave out awards uh, for for the best coverage of presidential journalism for last year. And one of the criteria of the awards was objectivity. So we thought, of course, hmm, well, let's see if they uphold the standards of objectivity. Wait so a we minute, that's our thing, he said. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, on two of them, they did a pretty good job. But on one of them... Uh, it wasn't very objective at all. In fact, it was, there was a lot of dramatic language and slant and gossip and different things in the story. And so we thought, hmm, they don't seem to be consistent in their standards of upholding objectivity. So what was the one that was uh, pretty unobjective? Politica. Oh. It was about the Sean Spicer resignation. 
Oh, and they got an award for that. Oh, here it is. Wow, your overall rating for the article was 41%. And they got an award for a great objective journalism. That's something. Well, what was interesting is that part of the criteria was, was objectivity, but then the judges also said that the resignation, quote, grabs the reader from the opening sentence and wove a narrative that conveyed the drama. Uh, okay. And we agreed. It was dramatic and did weave a narrative, but that's not objective. Right. Okay. All right. Doesn't that's mean it was true, right? That, yeah, and that does a nice job of describing what I, I perceive you folks is doing, is that uh, just letting you know, yeah, it's dramatic. It's good writing. It was a fun read, the rest of it, but it led you by the nose <laughs> down a certain uh, path. Um, exactly. because which is fine. I mean, it's good storytelling, but it's not objectivity. I mean, for instance, it, it, it says that uh, the White House is a little chaotic and the choice to name Anthony Scaramucci as communications director was perhaps impulsive and poorly executed. Difficult to argue with that aspect of it, but anyway. We want to tweet out a link, but I need a picture of you where your eyes are half closed and your mouth is half open so it'll look like you're drunk. Because that's the way we do our journalism around here. <laughs> Another one of Jack's favorites. I'll have my team work on that. Yeah, beautiful. Jen Zarek Gould, editor-in-chief, co-founder of The Knife Media. Uh, Jen, it's great to talk to you, man. You too. Thanks so much. Thanks a bunch. Yep. <laughs> my favorite one is the picture they use of Rush Limbaugh on MSNBC. He hasn't <laughs> looked like that in 20 years, but he's like right. a big, fat, giant, round-headed guy. And he's clearly like 30 years younger, but... Right, <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. One of the radio stations we work with uh, has uh, actually a handful of them have... Uh, rush on and his official portrait he looks like douglas fairbanks jr i mean it's 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 well it's a good shot it's a flattering shot i'd like to see those two pictures side by side you can tell it was the same human so we got a late night joke off with a number of the late night comedians taking on the giuliani story we also have sean's uh contest for the kentucky derby and some of your texts on a variety of topics we've discussed today coming up on the armstrong and getty show Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And you're going to tell everybody about it, aren't you? Oh, he's in love. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Good for you. Schmoopy. You're schmoopy. Get some, out of here. Some of us got to work tomorrow. Yeah. What are you, one of those sickos who's angry at everybody who's happy? No. Come on, cheer no, up. I'm not an insult, but I don't need to see you uh, hear you going on and on about this all the time, right? <laughs> wow. I got a life to live over here. All right. Um. So late night joke off. Then uh, are you going to tell us what the Kentucky Derby thing is? Or are you yeah, still so a secret? I'll, no, I'll, I'll do it now. So it will be Kentucky Derby horse or tomato varietal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's Play hilarious. along in your cars. That's hilarious. Would that it were? Would that it were? That's. Uh, I get it. That's kind of a stretch, Michael. That is. That's good because his wife is the Heinz woman. That's oh, right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I John know. Carey. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. It's really. Three dimensional chess. So, uh, <laughs> what first? Text. We must move swiftly. Texts first, or the late night joke off. We got the late night joke off, and I'll which grade them and ban them. Here we go. Three of the comedians <laughs> took on the Giuliani situation. It was ninety degrees here in New York today. People were sweating like President Trump watching Rudy Giuliani on Hannity. I mean, people were really hot. Rudy! 
What is wrong with you? You're the president's lawyer, and you just told everyone he lied on TV. On Sean Hannity's show, you cracked under no pressure. You're not saying that President Trump did pay Stormy Daniels? This is big news. It's so big, it's so big that you probably didn't even hear that Kanye West said he wants to design new robes for the KKK. You didn't hear that, did you? All right, now that didn't actually happen, but you weren't sure about it. Yeah, you weren't sure. He designed what? I missed the... New robes for the KKK. okay. Well, my grades are in. Fallon with a C+. God, that was rough. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that's generous. Myers with a solid B. I liked his follow-up line. Uh, Noah, what's his name, with a B minus. Plus, as always, he's downgraded a full grade for oh. being a foreigner. <laughs> and with a C minus, he is banned for <laughs> life from comedy. I thought it was interesting. Those first two jokes are premised on Rudy shot off his mouth, and 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 you know it wasn't part of a plan. Which all indications are that's not the case. That, that Trump approved it, was in on it. But the next morning, he contradicted himself, and Trump still liked it. <laughs> so, okay. And uh, and uh, the best legal minds in America are saying, oh, my God, he tripped all sorts of wires for Mueller. This mm-hmm. is a disaster. So how much time have we got here, Michael, for uh, plenty of time for, is this a Kentucky Derby horse or a tomato varietal? Which is funny. All right, here you go. Play along in your car. See how many you can get. Tomatoes are on the vine. All right, so now we'll start off with: uh, Is it a Kentucky Derby horse or tomato varietal? Let's start with. We said that already. Get to it. Flame away. Is that a tomato varietal or a Kentucky Derby horse? Coin flip. I'll go horse, but I'm just. I'm saying horse. Yeah. That is a that is a horse. Very good. Forty five to one odds on flame away. Uh, black Velvet. Is Black Velvet a Kentucky Derby horse or a tomato varietal? Once again, it's just a coin flip. That sounds like a mater to me. Eh, I'll go horse just for fun. <laughs> oh, that is uh, Black Velvet is a mater. That's a I tomato. Yes. All right. Good man. Black. Flame Away, which was my advice to Elton John back when he was a younger. There's a joke there, but moving along. Black Prince. Is Black Prince a tomato <sighs> varietal or a Kentucky Derby racehorse? Mm, right. Right, right, or, or a street marijuana. God, this is every single one's been a coin flip. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, a marijuana I hybrid, right? I haven't yeah. said tomato yet, so I'll say tomato. <laughs> uh, I, it I is, don't know. I it, won't pretend to it know. Is, it is a tomato. Uh, let's see. Black Prince. Wow. Magnum Moon. Is Magnum Moon. It's a condom. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I wear. Oh, God. Kentucky Derby. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Oh, that's a horse? <laughs> we'll do some more of those later. That's funny. Yeah, Magnum Moon was a horse, yes. Yeah, that's I, funny. We, we need to credit a, a fabulous listener sent us these tomato varietals. That's do you have funny. that name, Andy? Uh, Kathy, yeah, nice yeah, job, listener Kathy. Kathy. Yep. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump backing away from Rudy, muddying the Stormy Daniels uh, narrative oh, even more. Oh, boy. Story Whatever. coming up. Oh, boy. And do we want to get into Stormy versus Roseanne? Nah, I can't do. On the do. Armstrong and Getty <laughs> Show. This is breaking news. CNN got it four minutes ago. So Manafort's uh, in trouble in Virginia, right? For a number of financial things, it would seem. Yes. 
In a courtroom today, a federal judge expressed deep skepticism Friday, like last hour, in the bank fraud case brought by special counsel Robert Mueller's office against former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, at one point saying, this federal judge, he believes Mueller's motivation is to oust President Donald Trump from office. Wow! You don't really care about Mr. Manafort's bank fraud, fraud, District Judge T.S. Ellis said to prosecutor, uh, at times losing his temper. Ellis said prosecutors were interested in Manafort because of his potential to provide material that would lead to Trump's prosecution or impeachment. That's what you're really interested in, not Manafort. The judge at the case yes. said that? Yes, a federal well, He's either that. unhinged or has become aware that that is the case. Because that's a hell of a thing for a judge to say. It is. It is. Wow, I can't wait to read more about that. Yeah, no kidding. He's a, uh, a Reagan appointee from back in the day. Okay, uh, also I would like to apologize uh, for not getting to this story up until now, and we will get to it soon. A number of people, including Dr. J in beautiful Austin, Texas, uh, have sent us the story. New Jersey high school superintendent defecated on football field on a daily basis, according to the cops. This is the district superintendent. Would go out onto the high school football field? And poo. Every day. Yeah, we've got audio from the news report. We can get to that later. Oh. How have we not gotten to this? Ter- and we call ourselves journalists. Oh, wait a minute. We don't. How did we miss this story? So, um. Hmm. I mean, you do it once. That's eh, an accident. Twice is odd. Daily? Once is not an accident. Once is still pretty weird. <laughs> I'm trying to be charitable. I am positive that I have never one time defecated on a high school football field. And if you're wondering if he's three years old, no, he's 42. Yeah, I might have when I got tackled once in eighth grade. <laughs> Again, but that's the once that I'll give you a free pass for. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. I was uh, undersized for the sport. <laughs> Let's get caught the... on camera, don't you know? <laughs> really? Yeah, oh. I hope they release that. Uh, the people have a right to know. Uh, Authorities have been hunting for the mystery pooper for quite some time, My uh, Jack. Back so here. somebody was pooping on the high school football field. They thought, who is this crazy person? They're yes. looking at all the, right. you know, homeless transient people or whatever. <laughs> Turns out it's the school superintendent. And he kept doing it. There's daily. A, there's a twist in the story. Even though they were looking for him. <laughs> uh, I yeah. want to know if he was in any me- Hey, we got to get to the bottom of this yeah, and exactly. figure out. This is disgusting. <laughs> well, let's redouble our efforts. Let us set up cameras so we can catch this miscreant. Guy makes 150 gur a year, and he's pooing on the football field. That's odd. Yeah, was okay. it a commentary on how good the team was? Oh, uh, wait a minute. More on that coming up. <laughs> it's free speech. Right now, the news with Marshall Phillips. Hey, you're talking about the Mueller investigation. President Trump is saying nobody wants to speak to the special counsel, Robert Mueller, more than him. Trump uh-huh. making that comment to reporters at the White House shortly before he took off for his trip to Dallas for an NRA convention. Trump saying he's willing to sit down with Mueller, really wants to, but wants to be sure he's going to be treated fairly. And while the president says he likes his new lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, the former New York City mayor needs to get his facts straight about the Stormy Daniels situation. He started yesterday. Uh, He'll get his facts straight. He's a great guy. Giuliani's been... Oh boy, that's that's Trumpian right there. Which facts does he not have straight? The crooked ones. Giuliani's been all over cable TV this week and revealed Trump's attorney Michael Cohen was reimbursed by the president for his $130,000 hush money payment to the porn star. When Rudy made the statements, Rudy's great, but Rudy had just started and he wasn't totally familiar with, every, you know, with everything. 
Sure. I still object to the term hush money that's regularly used in stories yeah. in which a crime is committed. It's not against the law to pay somebody to sh- shut up about your sex. It's not a crime. You can do that. Sure. So we just say money, not to, I don't know uh, what you should say, but anymore. I think it indicates well, hush that money something... Is, yeah. uh, maybe you take that as uh, implication of a crime. I don't think I do. Maybe yeah. because of the whole Watergate thing, because it was always a, in a criminal situation. Mm, fair enough. When asked about the shifting narratives in the Stormy Daniels situation, Trump replied... We're not changing any stories. All I'm telling you is that this country is right now running so smooth... And to be bringing up that kind of crap and to be bringing up witch hunts all the time, that's all you want to talk about. Is that the first time a president has ever said crap? I don't know. It <laughs> might be. I don't think it's the first time he said it. <laughs> well, no. But, uh, well, you mean as president? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think presidents in the past have ever said crap, though. No. Although the I president... I mean, Lincoln might have said holy crap at some point. The president does remind me tomorrow is the opening day of witch hunting season. Make sure you're properly licensed. It's also National Naked Gardening Day, so stay away from those shears. Maybe that's what the school superintendent was doing. (laughs) Speaking of the country running smoothly, the unemployment rate hitting a low that hasn't been seen in years, and President Trump this morning tweeting, in caps, just out, 3.9% unemployment, 4% is broken. In the meantime, in caps, witch hunt, What about Stormy Daniels? Stormy Daniels! Uh, I I don't see a connection between those two things other than that one's not getting much attention that I got to believe if we had a president with a D next to them and the unemployment rate being at record lows would be getting more news coverage. Of course. By the way, it turns out AI can predict your personality just by studying your eyes. Scientists at the University of South Australia used artificial intelligence to study how eye movements and personality are related. They found, for example, curious people tend to look around more often. Hey, where am I? <laughs> That's some good stuff. You there. know, I'm really curious. Where am I? Open, <laughs> open my, open-minded people stare at abstract images for longer periods of time, and neurotic people usually blink faster. They say the findings, these findings, could be combined with AI to teach robots to be more socially aware oh, and interact so good. more yeah. effectively They're with humans. Therefore, so they can, more able to take over the world yeah. and enslave mankind. They can yeah. weave themselves into our day-to-day lives before they flip the switch and just start ripping limbs off. I stare straight ahead always with my mouth half open. What does that say about me? <laughs> well, you have to. Plenty. Get the- <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of the nation. That is a man who enjoys the sweet, sweet taste of paste. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is the National Garden Day. Naked Garden Day. Is that today or tomorrow? Tomorrow. So it's the same day as Cinco de Mayo, so you can combine the two. (laughs) Have a couple of margaritas and go out and uh, prune your uh, tomatoes with no clothes on. Just make sure you take care of your human needs before you go outside and you don't end up like 42-year-old Thomas Tragmagalini, charged with lewdness, littering, and D.I.P., defecating in public. So we have a news report on that, Sean? Yes. We should probably hear that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Sparks fly from... Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thomas Tremeclini, the superintendent of Kenilworth Public Schools, must answer the charges alleging that he pooped on the back of the Homedale High School on a daily basis. Tremeclini was taken into custody May 1st on several charges, including public defecation and public lewdness. The Kenilworth Public School District issued a statement Wednesday night saying that Tremeclini is on a paid leave of absence. They've declined to answer comments following that statement. One finds oneself wondering, what do you have to do to get an unpaid leave of absence? Absence. Absinthe. <laughs> well, you're you're innocent until proven guilty, so I'm going to take away your, your rent money. Hey, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I uh, had a couple of crappy performances on the baseball field out back in my high school, but that's something. Every day goes out there and poos. It's that. Crap. It's crap. It's crap. That's a couple of the teachers in the morning <laughs> discovering the unholy leavings. Well, it's literally an S show if you let people know what's happening. <laughs> Tune in at three for the S show. Oh, I wonder how routine it was. Like, was it a specific time? Was it right after lunch? Yeah. Like, was it a morning thing? Was it like, yeah. Oh, I don't man. know. That's I'm fascinated by the Trucking by around here about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, God dang it, take a number. So is it just he's completely crazy? No, not completely crazy. He's almost completely sane, except that he really likes pooing outdoors. See, that's the thing about crazy. Just like Bill Cosby is completely sane, <laughs> except for he likes raping uh, incapacitated women. women. Yeah, people have been pulling exactly. outside for thousands of years. Right. It's the indoor toilets that's changed the changed the game. Your Honor, who's the really the weirdo here? I've embraced my nature as a human being. The entire court is on trial for pooping indoors. Uh, no, it's not, sir, and you need to sit down. God, you sure would like to be involved. Because obviously they thought it was probably a kid, a high school kid who was doing it. Yes. And then possibly some, you know, transient of some sort. Um, When they looked at the video, whoever looked at the video first and said, no, what's his name? Oh, it's Maglanini. It's super. Thomas Tremaglini. Thomas something. Whatever it is. Tremaglini. It's it's Supervisor Thomas. Superintendent Thomas. What? What? No, we got the video. He's the one that's been pooping on the high school football field. Our superintendent? Yeah. Yeah, and we went back and looked at the old videos. It's it's him every day. You know, they're going to have to dismiss school for like a week so the kids can stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) How? How a buzz is that high school right oh now? Oh my god. I mean you couldn't conduct class, you couldn't you couldn't do anything. Guys in the john right now, people are yelling, "Hey superintendent, is that you?" Every guy going to the bathroom. Do I tell my kids this story? They would find it pretty funny. Mm. But I don't want to give them any ideas. Yeah, I don't <laughs> there's something instinctive telling me no. All right, hey, listen. There's a very, very quick update on the federal judge who was grilling the uh, the the um, the lawyers from Mueller's office about the Manafort case. As Jack said, he said you don't really care about Mr. Manafort's bank fraud. You really you really care about getting information Mr. Manafort can give you that would reflect on Mr. Trump and lead to his prosecution or impeachment, et cetera, et cetera. See, this um, gets... But he said he's not ready to rule on the defense motion yet, and he's not saying the charges are 
you know, manifestly nothing. He's just saying, it's clear what's going on here. Don't tell me otherwise. Okay, well, that gets to Giuliani's stormtroopers comment, which was way over the top. But what he's, Indefensible. What he, what he was saying is, you know, why are you going with these over-the-top tactics for things? As an FBI agent pointed out on Fox yesterday, and I don't know if he's accurate or not, but he says we've gone through some fairly major white-collar crimes where they didn't do no-knock raids. Because there's, there's, there's no need to show up with guns and have the wife come down in her nighty and the kids are scared there's over white-collar crimes right? Um, like this. So to do this to Manafort was over the top, and this judge is saying you're just trying to get to Trump. Mm-hmm. That's why you're treating this like it's such a big deal. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but this judge thinks so. Yes, and he said so in court, but you know what that means in a material way is yet to be seen. Uh, and... Uh, well, if you get the oh, never mind. Um, so, uh, did you have something you wanted to do real quick? Or uh, we we're going to s- get to the racehorse or or tomato varietal. Correct. Yeah, yeah. This is a more difficult than it might sound. In fact, it's nearly impossible to decide whether these are the names of Kentucky Kentucky Derby racehorses or tomato varietals. And they're on the track. He's here in his silks. He's rather lanky for a jockey. He's positive, Sean. Yeah, you don't see a lot of tall jockeys these days. It's a discrimination. All right, so we got uh, some uh, Kentucky Derby horses or tomato varietal. Dad's Sunset. Kentucky Derby. Boy, that's a horse. tough one. Dad's tomato. Sunset? That's that's a sunset. great tomato <sighs> name. I'm saying that's... Uh, from your dad's worked forever on the whole tomato, just getting it right. But it's also a great horse name. I'm saying that uh, that resides on uh, white bread with uh, bacon and lettuce. You're a horse eater? <laughs> exactly. What is it, Sean? It is a tomato yes! varietal. Yes! Could easily have been a horse name. I win, place, and show. <laughs> Bolt de Toro. Bolt de apostrophe O-R-O. Oh, Bolt de Oro. Bolt de Oro. Is that a Kentucky Derby racehorse or a variety of tomato? Every damn one of these is yeah. a, coin, a coin flip. It was easier with the racehorse or Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, <laughs> right. that was which was good. still difficult. I'm saying <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that's a tomato, too. That is a racehorse. Bolt of Oro, 17 to 2 odds to win that one. Uh, so what's what do you say when I get one wrong? Nay. Right. Bingo. <laughs> uh, Mr. Ugly, Kentucky Derby racehorse. Or tomato variety. Well, that's my nickname for my. Uh, but uh, very nice. That's your pug's name, right? Not one of the options, Mister mm. <laughs> Ugly. I'm saying that's an equine. That's a nag right there. It's got to be. No, that's a tomato. You Dang it! And sauce that up. Put it on pasta. Nobody will know how ugly it was. Exactly. All right. How about one more? Uh, instilled regard is instilled regard a Kentucky Derby racehorse or a tomato variety? That's a nag, no doubt. <laughs> that sounds like a horse. That is a racehorse long shot, 60 to 1 odds for instilled regard. The point of this bit is the racehorses have wacky names. <laughs> you get it? So somebody <laughs> texted me this. They actually saw this headline on the superintendent high school football field story. Yes. Public enemy number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, see, it's ah. little, little laughs that make life worth living. It is. It? So this headline uh, got our attention. Facebook's dating service, they uh, Zuckerberg announced this new whole dating thing they're going to do. Facebook's dating service is a chance to meet the catfisher, advertiser, or scammer of your dreams. <laughs> What's the problem with that? We'll talk to a, uh, a reporter on that story coming up. If you happen to get the award-winning fourth hour of the show. If not, 
Grab the podcast. Why not? While away the hours. Uh, 16 reasons to skip World Naked Gardening Day. I can think of several. <laughs> also, the All film, you need is one. <laughs> the Film Academy has booted out Bill Cosby and Roman Polanski. Just now on Roman Polanski? What? The Academy yeah. of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences booted them out. Well, they finally decided child rape is, is something they're not willing to uh, stand up for, I guess. Or do you, the, the quote-unquote the lefty narrative is that no coincidence that this occurred once the Academy membership crested past 30% women. Mm. So now that there's more women involved in the Academy, there's more voices to be uh, bringing up the point yeah. that, hey, maybe these people shouldn't be involved. It here. probably helped, but... Uh, yeah. you, uh, some, some of both, I'm sure. A yeah. room full of men shouldn't think it was okay that Roman Polanski was still anything, or, or Cosby. Yeah, Wasn't go. she 13 in yep. the Polanski story? Yep. That's pretty yeah. young. Yeah. 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 Little kid. Grown man. Fled the country. Won an Oscar for the movie The Pianist in, I believe, 2001, 2002, and got a standing ovation even though he was not in the room because, well, the whole 13-year-old rape thing. Jeez. He got a standing ovation. Yeah. At the Oscars. Yep. Wow, that's, in, in two thousand two right. or one, one of the, like early two thousands. Wow, play play that back at your next Oscars when you're talking about the times up and we're leading the charge and all that sort of stuff. Oof, hey boy. Anyway, you didn't want to end that on that note, did you? No, that was a poor choice, entertainment wise, <laughs> very poor, and we apologize. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> 